the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I like talking digital trends. I like talking demographics. I like talking census data. It's one of the things that I did when I first got into the financial industry was I really looked at the census data. And the data, I'm a data guy. Um, I've got something called a sleep sense. And uh, it's a, a little sensor that you put on your pillow and it analyzes what time you go to bed, the temperature of the room, the humidity in the room, the noise in the room, the darkness in the room. And every night it gives you a score and it tells you you woke up three times, you know, I kind of now start remembering that I woke up and I had to urinate or something. So I'm changing the way I drink before bed, trying to always remember to you know urinate before going to bed. But a couple things, you know, uh, that so I'm big into census data, and like I said, when I early, first got into this industry, I I'd study you know how old America is getting and what do old people consume healthcare. So I invested in healthcare companies. And then I saw things like Viagra, and it was the most popular re-prescribed drug of all time. So I bought some Pfizer, and I did very, very well, or some Merck uh, in the case of Viagra. But you get the idea is that we're consuming more pharmaceuticals, and you can see it just based on the, the, the data at the census of how old America is getting. So at one point in time, there was something called the grain of America. That was an investment theme. Now there's basically the millennials, and we study them as much as we can. In the 19th and 20th century, we had movements. 21st century, we'll have movements. Um, so you study as, as much as you can about history, and you study as much as you can about what's, what's going on right now. So I think the big internet trends are heavily tied towards, you know, um, smartphones and you know the smartphones are giving us a lot more computing power and a lot more human potential so back in the 18th century or pre-18th century we were a cultivating society and an extraction we would take you know uh, coal out of the ground oil out of the ground and then we became a manufacturing industrial society in the 19th and 20th century. Now we're literally trying to figure out our, our best potential. And like I said, it comes in a lot of levels, whether it's video games, where 45 years ago we were playing Pong, and then we got consoles and we're playing against our friends, Tank Wars. Then we got into local area networks where I remember 20 years ago coming to the Bay Area, and there was you know land parties. And people would meet up at a place and then, you know, 
put every, all their computers into a network and start killing each other playing Doom in the same room. And that was pretty darn cool. Now we're getting to the point where you can go, you know, national, international. The CEO of, of Cisco Systems many years ago, a guy was named John Chambers, and he talked about local area networks becoming wide area networks. We'll sell equipment for that. And how they become metro area networks. We'll sell the equipment for that. And then it became, you know, uh, nationwide. Then it became, you know, uh, country to country, underwater networks, space networks. So when we landed on Mars and the Mars rover was sending information back, he's talking about, you know, war networks, from planetary networks. And I get that. So, uh, so the rate of change is pretty amazing. And the amount of data being accumulated right now is stunning. So, and we're going to learn more and more about things along the lines of, um, you know, healthcare and the data points being there was that a hundred years ago, you had a doctor come to your house or you went to the, the hospital and he had a bag and he had a stethoscope, um, and he'd take your blood pressure. And about 25 years ago, we started getting some of these things, uh, machine assistant, and we started going analog. Um, so like you probably remember the blood pressure cuff that automatically enables now. Now things are going digital. So with your, I've got a friend who tracks her period um, with her smartphone. And so one of the things she'll look at when it comes time for a vacation, she'll go, no, let's go the following week. I think that's cute, right? Um, <clears throat> So we're at kind of a digital inflection point where now our healthcare information is going into our phone. I know you can buy thermometers now that plug into your, your uh, Apple device, your iPhone. Um, there's wireless now, uh, Bluetooth-enabled thermometers, which is pretty cool. So we have rapid growth in digital health data. We've got a lot of data accumulation got a lot of data insight which is generated following accumulation integration data and then we have a lot of translation going on uh, which is you know therapeutics and healthcare delivery so we get measurable outcomes and iterations so the innovation cycle times are compressing on these so measurement is most widely used medical technology now is tied towards digital and being connected my dentist I remember uh, when you used to get a crown, um, I used to date someone who <clears throat> worked for kind of like a Hollywood dentist that moved to San Francisco, and he would send out your veneers and crowns to get made at a lab. Now they're doing it 3D technology-wise in-store, and that cuts out the lab guy who kind of had this crazy skill and crazy equipment that was kind of a middleman. So back in the 2000s, we had 2D and analog x-rays. Now we have 3D x-rays that are much more graphic and digital, and they can be stored a lot easier. Um, an ECG, an electric cardiogram, um, used to be paper-based, and it was analog. And uh, now it's wearable and digital. Blood pressure used to have a cuff that they put on. Now it's, you know, uh, it, you know, they put a cuff on it and blow up a little balloon thing. 
and then the, you know, release the, the pressure and then see how long it takes for your blood to start beating in between beats or something like that. They'd count it. I don't know how blood pressure works. Don't ask me. Um, you get the idea. So now it's, they put the cuff on, it closes up and gives your blood pressure in a digital readout, 120 over 80. Uh, when you used to go to hospital rooms, you know, the hospital monitoring of your stats was bedside. Nurses had to come in and take a look. Now everything's remote and it's digital. So nurses could sit at the nurse's station and monitor 20 rooms versus walking around to 20 rooms. A lot of changes going on. A lot of 21st century changes in diagnostic technology. Uh, commercially available lab tests are on the rise. We'll talk about this and more and trends that you can invest in. Hospitals are becoming a lot more profitable because of digitization. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, at Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. You know the song Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins tied towards Top Gun? I'm tying it towards the stock market. I'm stealing it and making it my own. I'm taking it away from Goose and Maverick. Stocks have entered the danger zone. Um, there's some truth to that. You know, we're still looking at Washington. We're looking at bulbous equity valuations, even though earnings have been fantastic. We're still looking at what the heck is North Korea going to do? And how are we going to respond? little midget dictator has a capability of delivering a nuclear strike to the United States, we think. Whoa. Wouldn't that make him the greatest dictator of all time if he could wipe out L.A.? As far as evil dictators go? And all he would ask is one million dollars. So the danger zone's out there, and it's kind of true. We always have it, though. It's called a wall of worry to some. And yet, when you look up, you see markets are about to hit Dow 22,000. And you're like, that's a pretty big milestone. And it's really not. It's tied towards capitalism. It's tied towards 30 companies. It's tied towards market weightings. Um, it's just a number. And I bet if you go look at your portfolio, you probably don't have the diamonds in it. You might. A good friend of mine does. I advise him to do that. Uh, during the last major recession, he thanks me for it because he got a steal, in his opinion, and it's done very well, financially speaking. So... Are we going into the danger zone? Do you know Kenny Loggins wasn't the first person to think about recording danger zone? It was Toto and Ario Speedwagon, uh, who the Top Gun producers wanted. A lot of actors were in the running before Tom Cruise got the part of Maverick. Who, you may ask? John Cusack? Nicolas Cage? Patrick Swayze? Or as I call him, Pat Swayze? And Sean Penn? Would have been a different movie, huh? Mr. Han, I'm so stoned, I can't fly the jet. So, during the production of Top Gun, one of the stunt pilots was killed. His plane went in tailspin before crashing the Pacific Ocean. The film is actually dedicated to him, and oddly enough, Goose. His plane goes into a tailspin and dies, not in the Pacific Ocean. I would guess it was the Atlantic, but maybe it was the Pacific. I don't know. They, they kind of made it look like... Florida, but I think it was filmed in San Diego. So who knows? Who knows? Um, the director of Top Gun was fired three different times while filming. 
and he was hired back three different times. One time he was fired because he made Kelly McGillis look beautiful, while the studio thought she should look whorish. Now let's just look at these five facts real quick about Top Gun. Um, director fired three times and brought back. How many times have you been fired and brought back? Probably never, right? How many times have you been told to make a woman look, quote-unquote, whorish? Um, and you didn't go straight to HR, and you didn't get threatened with lawsuits. Behave yourself. Uh, stunt pilot dies uh, in filming. That could happen to you. That could happen to me. That could happen to anyone. Uh, every day I work in television news, and I see just randomness and car crashes that take people a little bit too early. A lot of different actors could have been playing the part of Maverick. That tells me that, like, hey, you're not the only hot shot out there. There's people wanting your, your, your life. My mom so, always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Okay, that's totally fair enough. Uh, Tom Hanks, was he rumored to be Maverick? I don't think so, but we'll go with it. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. So the, there's always things to learn, right? And I tie this back again to the danger zone. And I know you're saying, that's kind of a loose tie there, Rob. Um, you get stocks like Amazon who, hey, the stock goes higher, the stock goes higher, the stock goes higher. They report earnings, and they disappointing. Um, but you could say that about a lot of stocks, right? We've gone from not zero to 60, but we've gone up 10, 15% so far this year, depending on what markets you're in and what sectors you're, you're waiting towards. Um, it should have been a pretty good year. There hasn't been a lot of volatility, and that's typically a bad thing. Volatility is not a bad thing. Volatility is... Uh, gets people nervous, gets people anxious, some people buy, some people sell, and it creates more of a market. If I'm the only person who has lemonade in all of California, I'm going to set the price basically wherever I want it to. I don't want to get out of bed today. I want to make $50. Lemonade, white glass, $50. I'm going back to bed. Now, if there's 50 people selling lemonade, I may have to lower my prices. So volatility helps set prices. So there's a lot of buzz about oil that's got people nervous right now. There's a lot of buzz over the first Model 3 from Tesla. How's it going to look? How much is it going to cost? Why do you have to pay $1,000 to make paint it a color versus black? Um, you get headlines like Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, for just a few hours. Um, and it's all kind of silly, but it's all headlines. It's you know Some people are going to go, that's not good. That guy's worth a lot of money. I wish... If he wants to hire me, I'll give him a back massage all day long. So we start like getting kind of stupid when we're start seeing headlines like this. President Trump, uh, he might be a 140-character nightmare for this country. He's a showboat. Um, He's a grandstander. But you'd think he'd be a blessing for Twitter, and not so much. Translating his Twitter addiction into profits hasn't really materialized. And you know what's worse is Twitter's user base actually appears to be slipping. So the economy is something we continue to watch. First week of the uh, every month, you're going to get the jobs report. That's the most important financial report, in my opinion. So there's 168 hours in a work week. That's another piece of data that we look at. Um, how many hours do you work a week? So we're going to look at that when we get the jobs report. You get earnings from companies like uh, Apple. And the stock's been on a run. It's been on a tear. It's been moving up and up, 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 but it's pushing the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ higher. And like 
even the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So, long story short, we're not in the danger zone, Goose, but we're flying towards the danger zone. Um, and that's got me thinking, you know? Like when Iceman said, you two really are cowboys. Maverick goes, what's your problem, Kazansky? And Iceman says, you're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in there, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. Maverick goes, that's right, Iceman. I'm dangerous. Do you miss that movie? I heard they were making a remake. In which, at the school, Tom Cruise is going to be the teacher. Instead of Tom Tom Skerritt. But I don't know these things to be true. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, Facebook I Hate Rob Black, Facebook Cron 4 Rob Black. Uh, follow me. Follow me. And uh, there's a ri- seminar coming up. You can always sign up for it by going to robblackshow.com and using the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Pending home sales snapped a three-month losing streak with a 1.5% gain in June. Part of our economy for sure. Corporate America posted profit growth not seen in six years. Um, typically, when there's profit growth, you know, companies look around and say, "These are good times. These are good times. Jim, these are good times." I think we should keep the good times going, don't you, Jim? Yes, Jeff. I think we should keep the good times going. Should we hire more people, Jim? Yes, Jeff. We should hire more people because we want to capture that revenue while it's hot, and then a couple quarters down the road. Um, Hey, Jim, why do we hire all those people? Profit's slipping. Well, what are we going to do about it, Jeff? Well, Jim, I think we should uh, fire people. <laughs> That's the way it goes. But profits right now are good. Great Google and Moogle, they're good. Shares of Snap are sliding today um, as their lockup ends. Company comes, pop, uh, well, boy comes up with an idea. Boy goes to his friends and says, can I borrow some money? I want to drop out of school. Uh, boy puts business plan in place. Boy gets some success. Um, they need more money to pay back some of the initial investors. They need more money to grow. They want to strike while iron's hot. Hot. Um, so they borrow money from investors, and then investors say, you know, we want our money back because I want to go to Tahiti on a boat, on a sailboat. It's been my dream to go to Tahiti on a sailboat. I'll, I'll operate the ship. And the investors are like, let's bring the company public. And they do. Now, to get their money back, they issue 100 million shares or some crazy number. And you give that investment bank $20 a share. And that investment bank gives some of those initial investors, you know, $20 a share. But what you don't know is that those investors bought some of them at $14 a share, some of them at $10 a share, some of them at $9 a share. The founder of the company may have paid, you know, 22 cents per share. That's the way it works, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of the way it works, let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. We all know how to accumulate wealth. Well, no, I'm not going to say we all know, but we got the general concept, accumulate wealth. When do you start drawing down on your IRA, your individual retirement account? Well, you have to start drawing on it, on your IRAs, 401ks, um, even not on Roth IRAs unless you inherit one, but 
at the age of 70 and a half. So what you actually have to do in retirement prior to your asset allocation planning is do your income and tax planning. Okay. So what happens is you end up with a certain amount of money in taxable accounts that kicks off dividends and interest, and it's going to be a tax issue no matter what you do. Then you have your social security and, and or pensions and rental income. So you have to calculate what your taxes are automatically, regardless of whether you take the money or not. Because if you have dividends paid to you on your stock and mutual fund portfolios and your taxable accounts, whether you spend it or not, it's taxable income. So what I like to do is say, okay, how much is my automatic taxable income and how much more can I take out of my IRAs right away once when I retire in order to stay at the existing tax bracket? And in fact, on newfocusfinancial.com, there's a there's kind of a, a short shortened version of the long longer term retirement boot camp that I do that shows people how you allocate things once you've done that tax planning. So what you have to do is change your thinking. A lot of people put off as long as possible taking money out of the IRA, but what you do is say, how much can I take out of this existing bracket? Um, because there's a scenario that I show where you can have well over $100,000 of income and still be at a 15% federal bracket if you do it the right way. So always think about how much can I take out? If you don't need to spend it, convert it to a Roth IRA. Um, so 70 and a half is the forced rule, but you want to pre-plan and control your taxes over the long term. And what you do in terms of your income planning and how much you can pull out of your IRAs goes back into your asset allocation. The thing that I like about this is it's really not up for argument. And a lot of people have come up with their own rules and they make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you want to be, I think you're leaning towards the word efficient. Tax efficient, tax efficient income planning. It's it's a really a longer term view of your tax planning rather than a shorter term. Some people take the short term view of saying, "What's the least amount of taxes I can pay this year and next year?" Right. Right. And they don't realize that if they do that in the future, they could increase their tax burden drastically instead of trickling the tax burden out over the time over time. Um, so it's it's really important to to do that. And also, you know, it's it goes back into how you should invest during retirement. And that's where certain assets should be held. For example, in retirement, you typically want a lot of your normal, your corporate bonds, things like that in your retirement accounts, right. kicking off interest, paying you um, right away rather than being deferred. Let's go back in time, though. Let's go back to when you're 20, 30. In your IRAs, do you want income? Do you want dividend stocks in your IRAs or do when you want them outside? When you're in 20, 30, what, what you want is growth. Right. You want to be dollar cost averaging into growth areas. So that means large cap, small cap, mid cap in the US, but also probably 25 to 30% overseas with at least half of that exposure in emerging markets. So once you get done maxing, most people can't afford to max their 401k in and then invest outside of that. So all of that goes into your 401k. But when you start maxing out all of your retirement options and you have extra money to save in your taxable accounts, that should be more of your longer term kind of broad, large cap exposure should be your taxable accounts. And then your small cap, mid cap, international emerging markets, all of that should be held in your retirement accounts because they tend to have more turnover. Uh, when a foreign stock pays a dividend, it's not a qualified dividend necessarily in the US. So again, you, you kind of want that in your retirement accounts. Um, so for younger people, once you are able to save outside your 401k, just you can look at some of the iShare, some of the core iShare ETFs, and buy those for free in, in, in your brokerage account. Back to the retired person and taking money out of an IRA mm -hmm. and efficiency doing it. One of the areas that 
I first learned when I got into the business many years ago was that old people don't like paying taxes. It was a weird statement that someone came up to me and I was like, don't do any transaction. That's going to create a tax uh, liability for someone because old people don't like paying taxes. Yep. What do you think about that statement? Well, it's, it's true. I mean, there's a lot of um, still a lot of people that live through the tail end of the depression that are alive today and they're very, very wealthy, but they just live off their social security and they literally will not draw on their accounts and increase their lifestyle because of that point, they don't want to pay taxes. So sometimes you have to sit down with them and say, look, you've got all this money in an IRA or an annuity or whatever you bought. And if you take it out over time, you can control your bracket and be under 15%. If you leave it to your children um, and you leave your IRA to your kids, you leave your annuity to your kids, when they inherit it, they're going to pay taxes at their bracket. They're still working. They're making a high wage. So you can talk to them about how you leave money and show them that your kids are going to pay twice as much in taxes as you are. So if you're that person that is in retirement and you have assets that are growing that you're not using, you're lucky enough to have saved enough to have assets that you're just going to leave to your kids, you got to realize how they're going to be taxed because most people want more money to go to their kids and their charity than to Uncle Sam. Smartest financial planner I know, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. There's always an event coming up, and whether it's the end of the summer, moving to the holiday season, it's all about trying to get you to become a better investor. If you want to become a better investor, check out one of the seminars coming up and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. You can find the information at robblackshow.com. Baby boomers, I think, are the biggest sellout generation of our lifetime. I know you're saying, don't knock baby boomers. But weren't they the hippies in the 70s that said, peace, love, make love, not war? Weren't they the ones that, like, COVID make is bad? Like, all I need is to be happy and dance, dance in the circle of love. Now these people have turned to their golden years, and they don't have enough money to retire. Why? Because they sold out. Instead of, you know, living in happy juice, they started buying BMWs. Uh, baby boomers don't have enough money in their defined benefit contribution plans. The average that is out there right now is about 263000 and you'll need at least 658000 uh, Boomers have less than half the assets they hope to have in retirement. Americans across the country in all age groups typically are undersaved or drastically are undersaved. But when you're talking about baby boomers, their time is ticking. Generation X, you're at you're at, you're on the on deck circle. Millennials, you're still in the dugout and you got time. I tried to dedicate this show to millennials. Um, I also dedicate this to my dog, Maisie, the Wonder Dog, who's in the latter stages of her life as her hips are slipping and her throat is tightening. Um, good dog, good dog. Generation X are those born between 1965 and 1981. They're not doing a lot better than the baby boomers. So they have an average of about 199,000 stashed away, but they're younger than the uh, baby boomers. Um, but they tend to invest too conservatively, 25% in cash, 21% in stocks, 17% in fixed income. You know how much fixed income I have? Not a zip zilch. You know why? Because I'm sexy. I believe that I have time on my side to continue to take care of myself. But again, because I could invest in advice? No. It, 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 my risk profile is way higher than yours. So the burger browser, yeah, Sean Hayes talks mentioned on the show. Um, so if you need anything, call me, 800-516-1220. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Now I'm smiling from the stage line. You were clapping in the nosebleeds. Now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's see if we still have a caller online. Was it Juliet Santa Clara? How are you, Juliet? Hey, Rob Black. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm great. I have a question. Have you heard of a company called Stockpile? And if so, what do you think of that sort of investing? Okay. Um, not publicly traded company. It's a um, fintech company. Quick question for you. What do you think about it? I'm guessing you're using it or thinking about using it. Well, I I learned about it a few weeks ago. I did a little research, and I figured when I did the research, it seemed to be a lot like Bitcoin, where you can buy dollar shares of a variety of stocks versus the entire stock itself, a share. And so I went ahead and spent five hundred dollars and got you know shares of different stocks just to see how it turns out. Okay. Do you feel comfortable with it? Was your process of onboarding paperwork, was it all pretty clean? Did you have to give a bank account? Is there anything you feel insecure about? Well, um, they did ask if you wanted to link a bank account, just like Bitcoin, or um, uh-huh. yeah, like Bitcoin, um, but I didn't choose to do that, and you can pay. What I did like about it is you can pay with the credit card, and so I figure I could buy stock, earn points, and get a result if I choose well. And, I That's mean, it's the same process as logging or trying to open an account with E-Trade, which I have. Um, but, yeah, so I figure I might as well just try it and see what happens. Why do you keep saying they're like Bitcoin? Well, the Bitcoin, you could buy the, the what is it, ETH, Bitcoin, and what was the other one? Ethereum. I can't remember. There's right. three of them. And you can buy. It's the same kind of process. It's easy onboarding. You can buy with a credit card. Or you can link a credit card, uh, a bank account, and you can buy shares of a Bitcoin. One share is what? Today's $4,000, but you could buy dollar shares. You could buy $500 of that $4,000 if you wanted to. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of apps that you can buy partial shares of stocks. Um, probably the most famous one right now, and this could change, is Robinhood. Um, Never heard of that one. Yeah, and founders are like Stanford kind of guys, and you know they're doing free stock trading, uh, which it sounds like this is a stock trading platform for you, all things considered. So I don't really mm-hmm. compare it to Bitcoin. That's why I ask why you did. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency that, yeah, you can buy partial shares and things like that, but you're, that's cryptocurrency. That's not stocks. But yeah. Stockpile is a, it's a way to transform the financial markets. Um, it's a Palo Alto-based company. It's made it possible to buy gift cards for stock in stores. It also offers ultra-low-cost brokerage services if you want to buy and sell stocks yourself. 
I think you'll find Robinhood. I, I don't know. I've never used Stockpile. But I find Robinhood to be unbelievably clean and easy. And literally, you could be at lunch and say, I want to buy you know, $200 of Apple. And by the time your check comes, you can say, I want to sell those shares I just paid for lunch. Um, in your head, it sounds easy and sounds great. The idea of using a credit card to buy stocks, I think, me personally, should be illegal. Um, it's a lot like the idea of using a credit card to pay your mortgage. Paying a debt with a debt kind of sounds crazy to me. But I'm on I a conservative to pay my, side. My mortgage with my credit card, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because they're trying to protect. In theory, someone's trying to protect you. Um, and I get uh, the idea that you want to maximize points and everything. I would just be a little bit cautious because you're taking a chance, and you're taking a chance on credit, where your credit card, as you well know, probably has a much higher interest rate than you're ever comfortable paying on a regular basis. So. If you do continue that down this road, you would only want to buy the exact number of shares that you feel comfortable with paying off every single month. The concept behind Stockpile yeah. arose, and thanks for the call, it arose one Christmas when um, one of the founding founders, Avi Lili, had the idea of giving his family stock in their favorite brands. And that's a great idea. You can do that with buyandhold.com. You can do it with Robinhood. Um, just Google how to give kids stock. There's partial shares that you can do. There's plenty of companies that do it. Um, and it used to be you could buy a share of Disney and get you know the stock certificate, which you would then frame and put in your kid's room, and it was kind of cool. I don't think they issue stock certificates for Disney anymore because too many people were doing it. And stock certificates are beautiful pieces of art when they're done correctly. Um, but the founder gave up on the idea because the process of buying family stock was basically too much to open a brokerage account, get their social security, fund the account with more than $1,000, and then the high cost of commissions at that point in time was problematic. Stockpile enables users to give the stock as a gift using both cards bought in stores or digital cards bought online. The platform also basically allows investors to buy and sell stocks for themselves. Their gift cards are from stores that may have you know, a particular stock and dollar value tied towards them. Um, like you can get $25 of gift cards for Facebook. Um, cards allow the recipient to choose the companies they want to invest in that are available. Um, the company makes money by charging a fee of basically 3% of the card's face value. So to me, if you're looking to buy stocks, the cleanest way to do it, the cheapest way to do it is Robinhood, the app. There's other ones out there. There's tons of them out there, and many of them are quite good. So I would Google best online or best apps for buying stocks because that list will change every year. Um, the caution on it is companies like Robinhood, they don't make money on the trades. So how do they make money? They make money by holding your cash and not paying you much interest. They make money by trying to charge you margin. They make money by trying to sell you push credit cards and things like that. So know that there's a catch when it sounds too good to be true. There's a catch. I'm Rob Black talking all things investing, money investing, uh, economy, and more. You can find me every day from 7 to 9, Monday through Friday, and on two, Mondays and Thursdays from 6 to 7 where I talk specific stock ideas and the market. I'm Rob Black. Got a seminar coming up. Always use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Learn more about the seminar in San Rafael at robblackshow.com. I got 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.